once entered a beauty contest, I must have been out of my mind. I not only came in last, I got 361 get well cards. <laughs> the great Phyllis Diller, her stand-up was a staple of nightclubs and television during the early 1950s and 60s. That was a time when women comics were pretty rare. She, she passed away yesterday at her home in Los Angeles at the age of 95. The person that Phyllis Diller seemed to enjoy making fun of the most was herself. Listen, I gotta explain what I worry. These are not hot pants. <laughs> ah, they're lukewarm bloomers. <laughs> but you know, I had myself all done up. I got a whole new face. But I told Fang I was gonna have my face lifted. He said, who'd steal it? <laughs> of course, now I may have to have my body removed. <laughs> you know, it's still old. Oh, jeez. It gets so dry and brittle. I may not pass on. I may just flake away. <laughs> Phyllis Diller's longtime manager told the AP that she died peacefully with a smile on her face. We'd expect no less. For a generation of female writers and comedians, Diller left an indelible impression. You opened doors for people like me, like Rosie, Joan Rivers, and many, many more. You're a pioneer, like Lewis and Clark, both of whom I believe you dated. Phyllis, you are such an inspiration, and you crack me up. You're really, really funny. And you have those bird legs and those one-liners and that hair and the cosmetic surgery. You know, we met and then in that first moment her face just lit up and that ridiculous, fabulous, crazy, iconic laugh came out of her mouth and uh, I was in love all over again. That's Joy Behar, Judy Gold, and Aisha Tyler paying tribute in 2011 to Phyllis Diller on The Rosie Show. Additionally, Diller no doubt had a profound impact on Tina Fey, Kristen Wiig, Amy Poehler, and many of the other huge female comedy stars of today. To discuss Phyllis Diller's legacy, we're joined in studio by Emily Rems, the editor of Bust Magazine. Emily, thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me. So you're a huge Phyllis Diller fan. What did you love about her? I know that I, I first got my big impact of Phyllis Diller came to me uh, on The Muppet Show. That's, I first saw her when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And I loved how can she did her candid, self-deprecating bar humor on The Muppet Show. And mm -hmm. I, I remember feeling very grown up watching it and also being fascinated that a woman like this was allowed on TV. It was still the 70s, and she's such an iconoclast in every way. She was not like the cookie-cutter uh, big-haired Breck girls that I would see on TV night after night after night, and I was just instantly fascinated with her and stayed that way. She made a virtue of her disarray. She made her self-deprecation very, very funny. And I wonder, what, what impact has that had on some of the female comedians of today, like Tina Fey, for example, whose Liz Lemon character on 30 Rock is constantly in a state of disarray, constantly a mess, and also very, very, very funny. There's something about that self-deprecating humor, putting that up front, that can be very subversive. Because in that, she's actually voicing the dissatisfaction of American womanhood, both, you know, in Phyllis's stand-up and then all the way through to Tina Fey on 30 Rock. You're talking about the difficulties of managing the expectations of modern womanhood. And that's the thing that's so genius about putting the self-deprecation up first. It really opens a lot of doors. It took me years as a kid listening to Joan Rivers and then to Phyllis Diller. Diller. You know, Joan Rivers had um, Edgar, her husband, who she referred to all the time. It took me years to figure out who Dirty Old Fang was. Who is Fang? It was her husband all along. <laughs> I was like, who is it? Does she live with some kind of wolf or monster? I didn't even know what that was. But she used it to great effect. I mean, that was her touch point all the time. Her husband, a comedian now might not have, a female comedian might not have her touch point be a man. 
But in those days, it made sense in the 50s and 60s that a woman would use her husband as the fulcrum of her comedy. Right. I mean, even Roseanne Barr definitely is in that tradition. I think it's still it's still relevant to talk about your domestic life, whatever that domestic life may be. And she was a housewife until the age of 37. That's when she got into comedy. So this was a woman who had a long life before she started being funny professionally. Right. Yeah, it was really uh, economic insecurity that really pushed her onto the stage. Huh. She she was a, a trained concert pianist. Uh, she went to conservatory, but she wasn't really keen on going on stage. It took her husband two years to convince her to start doing the shtick that she was doing for their friends, literally because he couldn't make a living and they couldn't support their family. Wait, isn't isn't this the plot of of um, uh, of that Sally Field movie where she's a stand-up and she has a family and she goes to do Tom Hanks? Right. I think it was called Stand Up, right? <laughs> I, I think this was done in the movies. It must have been. Now I realize it was the Phyllis Diller Based story all along. Based on the Phyllis Diller story. Yeah. Um, Phyllis Diller was asked a lot, Emily, about what it meant to be a female comedian as opposed to just be a comedian. Again, question that's still asked in 2012. Here's her speaking with Barbara Walters on The View answering that question last year. Do you think that, that female comedians, and Joy talks about it all the time, yes. that it is in general tougher uh, uh, than it is for men? Is it still... I, 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 I would say it's tough yeah. to be a comic, whether you're an alligator or a snake. Right. <laughs> yes. It's tough yeah. stuff. Yeah. Especially to be a stand-up. Mm-hmm. You're working without a net. Did she consider herself a female comedian or just a comedian? What do you think? Well, I know that when Amy Poehler interviewed Phyllis Diller for Bust Magazine back when for her 90th birthday five years ago, uh, this question came up and she said, look, you just have to be funny. If you're funny, they need you. And it doesn't matter what kind of person you are, basically like in that, in that same clip, if you're funny, they need you. And it has nothing to do with gender. And obviously, in the broader spectrum of life, there's, I, I think it's what she did was tremendous, being able to break through and become the first widely known female stand-up comedian, but in her perspective, it's just a matter of just be funny. And when you think about the fact that she could deliver 12 punchlines a minute, she was funny. She was indisputably funny. And so she does have a point there. But at the same time, not all feminists love Phyllis Diller. There was some, there were at times some critiques that she was maybe a little bit too over the top, that she was doing women a disservice, um, especially back in the 1970s, that she wasn't coming across very well. She was an iconoclast. She wasn't going to fit into anybody's box, and she was absolutely an American original. She's not going to toe anyone's line other than her own, and I think ultimately that's something to be respected. Phyllis Diller died yesterday at the age of 95. Her longtime manager said she had a smile on her face. We've been hearing from Emily Rems, the managing editor of Bust Magazine. Emily, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. By the way, punchline. The movie Punch is Punchline. Line. The guy's <laughs> in the control words. room. Yeah, Punchline. <laughs> Sally Field and Tom Hanks. Remember that? Right, right. AKA the Phyllis Diller story. <laughs>